You're listening to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast, your number one source for discussions about the Vols and Lady Vols basketball programs. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Now, get ready for a new episode of Vol Basketball Fever. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to another episode of the Vol Basketball Fever podcast. I am Nathaniel Rutherford, joined once again by another special guest here on the show, this time from another coach, Coach Lucas Patterson, coaches up in Minnesota, the academy up there where DJ Jefferson played, who Vol fans will know, just committed and signed with Tennessee up at the Minnesota Prep Academy. So, Coach, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Yeah, hey, how you doing? Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you on here. So before we get into it here, again, I want to say thank you to all the Vol fans out there watching along or anybody DJ's family, anybody who is interested in DJ Jefferson or anything like that. Just thank you all so much for tuning in. You know, give this video a like and share it around if you want to. Uh, but coach, before we get into talking about DJ Jefferson, who he is as a player, as a person, I want to know a little bit more about you, you know, Vol fans listening or watching along, uh, know a little bit more about who you are, kind of where you've coached, how long you've been at MPA. So you know, give a little bit of a rundown of, of who Coach Patterson is. Well, uh, as a player, um, I uh, played uh, all four years collegiate ball. When uh, played junior college to start out, and um, well, high school, I led my my school in scoring. Was had the had the all time leading record until a kid named Rashad Vaughn, who was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks, went to uh, play for UNLV, played at uh, Finley Prep. Uh, he broke my record at my old high school. So, I mean, I got got a little bit of star power in there with that. But um, worked out the Timberwolves a couple summers, played in ABA, um, suffered a bad ankle injury. And then I started a, a youth program called Future Academic Ballers, um, where I uh, started with kids in uh, second, third grade. And then it grew and grew. And then it ultimately grew to a prep school, um, which I had no intentions of really starting the prep school. So I'm a... The co one of the co-founders of Minnesota Preparatory Academy. We started it back in 2018, um, and it was a need in Minnesota for it was just a, it was just a need to ch- have a change up in, in in just the the Midwest in general where we're from. You know, Wisconsin, Iowa, uh, the Dakotas, and even Illinois. Um, there really there really aren't this th- these type of schools in the region. So. Um, we started first, first of its kind up in the region, and um, you know we haven't looked back since. It's going into my fifth year of, of the prep, um, and we sent over thirty three kids to college on college full college scholarships. Uh, most of a lot of them in JUCO, but nine of them uh, Division One in four years. So, wow, well that is awesome. That is a really I, I love that you've done that. Like you said, you didn't have the intention of doing it, but it's not about kind of. What you set out to do, it's what you end up doing. So I think that's awesome, uh, Coach. And, uh, you know, again, you back it up with, with your playing experience and stuff, too. So you've got a very uh, nice history behind you and very it looks like a very nice, bright future ahead of you for what you're going to do there, MPA and, and beyond as well. Uh, so, again, you mentioned all these the players you've been able to send out to college and to JUCO and into four-year colleges as well. Obviously, the, the most recent one of the most recent ones of those is DJ Jefferson, who really kind of exploded on the scene. I, I'm curious... Um, I know he was committed to Tulsa at one point, but then he got a lot of attention 
uh, you know, from the likes of Tennessee and several other high major programs. What led to him finally getting more noticed and getting more on the scenes? Was it really just his his performance at the Iverson Classic, or, or was he getting more interest even before that happened? So before DJ uh, came to Minnesota Prep, he was in, he was in a public school in Dallas, um, uh, Dallas area, um, and uh, he had a little bit of interest. Um, he had I think he had just required uh, acquired an offer from TCU that summer before he came, and he had one early from Bryant. Um, so he didn't really have much interest when he got here, uh, you know, six months after he being at Minnesota prep, he had 14 high major offers. So he was, he was highly talented after, you know, he had, he had spent, uh, uh, basically a season in the grind session and, um, being able to showcase his abilities. So, um, so he's, he kind of blew up from there, uh, that, that summer going into his senior year, he, uh, was going to commit to Memphis. And it was on the table, and, and you know, for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And then they ended up getting the Monty Bates, and you guys seen what they did. But um, so he he basically de- uh, not necessarily decommitted, but just we, we moved on from the situation. Um, and then we just had a real good relationship with Frank Haith, and um, he really liked the situation there as a power seven. Uh, you know, since you know Cincinnati and them other guys in the in the. Um, you know, in in the in that in that conference, you, uh, is a con- uh, American? Yeah, so the American. AAC, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a good it's a good conference right outside of the Power Five, and um, I thought he could flourish there, and I thought it would be a good situation because of the coaches, and uh, so our families and the coaches staff they all agreed, and that's where he went. And Coach Hay, uh, you know, obviously stepped down, and uh, we opened up his commitment again. And at that point in time, he was headed to the Iverson Classic. He had already had Texas and Washington State and uh, Oregon State and some other schools already calling and very, very interested in him coming to their school. But I think when he got to the Iverson Classic, man, we had a good relationship with the Iverson guys. We played in a couple of their events. So, and they're, they're a strong proponent of DJ. Um, and I believe that, the, you know, through that, they had a good contact at, at Tennessee that made sense. And that's how we got there. So, Well, nice. That leads into another question I had written down here is how much kind of contact or conversation did you have with Tennessee's coaches? And, and if you did talk with them, uh, any idea, what did you think of Tennessee? I haven't I haven't really spoke with Tennessee. Um, they really spoke with the – it happened all so quick with the Tennessee reality because I, I spoke more with uh, – Wake Forest, um, Washington State, um, a couple other schools that uh, that were really courting him heavy. Um, so I had I didn't really hadn't really had an opportunity to to, to talk to Tennessee because it happened so quick. You know what I mean? When he put him on there, and then then we went to the visit. It was just like you know a super quick thing. And it, you know I mean obviously we could we we talked about it, and I thought you know I thought it would be a, a good thing to go take that visit, but. You know, I didn't know he was going to pull the trigger, but he did. And, and he must have really liked it. And his family must have liked it. And, and as long as they like it, I love it. So, Yeah, that's good. Like you said, as long as he liked it, as long as his family liked it, that's all that matters. It's um, a great point. So looking at his film, looking at DJ as a person, how, how would you describe him as a player? Because when I, I watch his highlight films, I see a really athletic kid that has a ton of leaping ability, especially. Um, I think he's I think he's the one I remember. He, he won the dunk contest. Uh, somewhat recently too, but I'm curious about you know maybe some of the aspects of his game you could speak to that maybe don't show up on his highlights. So how would you describe him as a player? 
Well, so when he came, first came to me, um, because of his his strength and his ability uh, athletically and aesthetics, they had him kind of playing out of position, so he's playing more of a four. So I really transitioned him into being a two-three and a wing. So that was a, you know, just just anybody playing for 16, 17 years in a certain way, um, you know, then then having to switch and play a whole nother, you know, position is is a tough deal. But he did it well. He took it in stride. Um, just some things he didn't know that he had to learn, um, uh, and really just on the defensive end, you know, more more or less. Um, just understanding how to keep guys in front of him, knowing how to take angles, you know, stuff like that. But he's such a tremendous athlete. And and this is the first time I've ever said somebody looked like Michael Jordan when they made a move. But, man, this kid is like he's unbelievably twitchy. And um, when he learned how to sit down and take angles, I mean, defensively, he just he just became a monster. So um, and so like this on ball defense is excellent. And um and I couldn't say that for him a year and a half ago, you know. So, um, so I mean, I'm, it's just great, just great, just great strides, great improvement. Offensively, he's t- he's he's gifted. I mean, he's 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 ambidextrous, shoot with his left and his right. He can put it on the floor equally, going either way. Um, so he he's tough um, in in that regard. And um, he's uh, he can shoot. He can shoot the three. There's really nothing he can't do. It's, it's, it's not. I mean, obviously, you got things to work on. He's, you know, he probably needs to tighten his handle up a little bit. Um, just, you know, just a little better ball handler. But uh, with his physicality and his ability to take angles and his, and um, and and just just flat out just, just muscle you and, and and just stronger and more athletic than you. He just he just presents such a problem. Well, I have a couple of follow-ups from that. Uh, I guess I'll start on the offensive end there. You'd mentioned, you know, obviously he was, because of his athleticism and his strength, was playing out of position for a long time, playing as a four, but you, you moved him more as a wing. So I, I imagine you also talked about his physicality. I imagine that you saying on that, he doesn't have a problem attacking the rim and finishing at the rim. Is that right? No. Uh, matter of fact, I mean, he probably dunked on uh, in his total career for the last two years at Minnesota Prep. He probably dunked on about seven, seven, about seven, seven footers. <laughs> so he doesn't, he doesn't mind it. So, well, that's good. <laughs> I love, I, I would love to see that at Tennessee. Uh, from the perimeter perspective, you, you, you mentioned having him transition to kind of more of a, a two or three. You know, how did that transition go for him? You know, what were, you know, how did he transition into, you know, shooting the three and playing more on the perimeter rather than kind of playing around the paint area? Um, I don't know particularly that he played so much on the block, like, you know, like a, like a traditional big, mm. you know, where he was at, but I think he was just defending bigger guys. So mm. it was a little different transition defensively. Offensively, he's fine. He's, he's seamless uh, with his uh, offensive uh, um, transition. So, so yeah, no, so it wasn't more the offensive end. It's more the defensive end where he had to grow. And, um, and he and he did it, and he and he learned how to defend perimeters. He learned that he was he was more athletic and quicker than most of the people that he guarded, um, stronger, um, just you know faster. Um, so, but uh, yeah, so I, I mean, from from that regard, he's uh, I mean he he's definitely potentially he's he's is like the sky's the limit. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just going to be all about, you know, what, you know, how he fits in the system and, and, and how, um, you know, how Coach Barnes, you know, sees how he can help, you know, Tennessee, you know. Well, I'm interested to see how he fits into the system, too, because he, he's what, like a, a six four six five type of guy. And I, 
Tennessee has shown in the past with, with Josiah Jordan James last few years, Eve Pons a couple years ago too, that they, they can take guys that are about that kind of around that six, six frame and are athletic and played undersized four. And it sounds like, you know, again, he has experience of doing that on defense. Uh, I would not be surprised to see DJ play a number, like a two, three, and if like he could play a multitude of positions, it sounds like defensively and offensively, both for Tennessee. Um, on the defensive side, just really quickly, it, it kind of put it into, I guess, defense and rebounding both for him. I, I imagine the physicality you talked about and the way he's he plays that that lends him to being able to and his jumping ability to go grab rebounds and defend guys. So it sounds like he has a lot of position versatility on defense where he can guard, uh, you know, not just kind of a, a three or maybe even a four, but a, a guard a two, three, or four, maybe even a one because you, you mentioned his on ball defense as well. Well, and and yeah, and to that to the to his credit to that point, um, you know, he, uh, Milo's. Uh, the kid that's going to uh, Oklahoma this year that played at Prolific um, and then ultimately played at Dream City this year. Um, he defended him well. He was the na- he was the national player of the year in our in our conference. I mean, in our league, the grind session. So, um, and, and just did a, a tremendous job on him. And I've never seen a, a kid, you know, last couple of years watching, you know, playing against him, watching him play, see him do what DJ did to him. You know what I mean? And he's probably a top three guard coming out in 2022 so wow well i'm excited to see on defense because i know you know rick barnes and the staff they love defense so i I knew dj wasn't a slouch on that end but hearing you hearing you describe some of his game uh has me very excited to see what he can do on the defensive end even just as a freshman coming in you mentioned kind of you know his growth and stuff you mentioned especially on defense in the last year or so it sounds to me coach that he's maybe just starting kind of to scratch the surface. You know, what do you think his kind of potential is as a player? Um, yeah, I mean, seriously, he's a, he's a, he's a top 20 pick uh, in, in a, in a, in a vacuum in a, in a, you know, in a, in a great situation for him. Um, he's, he's a, he's a, he's an NBA guy, you know, um, it's just, just what it is, you know? And uh, so it just, it just all, it all depends on, you know, situation, how things work out, you know? So, Wow. Well, good. I mean, like, yeah, recruiting rankings don't mean everything. But he, I mean, obviously he did get bumped up to a high four-star most places. But, I mean, he's a, this is a kid that, as you mentioned, he had a couple of high major offers when he first got there and then blew up. And then now, as a Tennessee, and was getting a lot of attention because of the Iverson Classic and even before then, too. So, uh, very, it seems like a very, very nice pickup on the court. Now I'm interested about him, kind of his, his personality and kind of who he is off the court because I, I like trying to highlight not just who they are as players, but who these – these kids are as people because that's important is getting to know, you know, who they are as people too, because they're more than just athletes. So I'm curious, coach, you know, in your interactions with him, what kind of kid, what kind of student, what kind of person is DJ Jefferson? Uh, DJ is a family oriented kid. Um, he really, he really enjoys uh, being in the company of his, of his teammates and his coaches. And um, he's, uh, he's, he's, he got a little sense of humor. Um, so he's a, he, he means well. He, you know, he doesn't have a bad, a mean bone in his body. So um, he's just a good kid all around. Good. I mean, I figured so. I, I'm just curious about him as his personality because in this new NIL era and everything like that, I think we're hopefully getting more exposure to athletes and getting to actually, you know, see their personalities more and more who they are off the court. So hopefully, you know, we get to see some more of DJ when he first gets here and then, you know, however long he is at Tennessee. Um, sounds like he's an interesting person, interesting player to hopefully keep tabs on uh, before I get you out of here coach again I know thank you so much for taking time to do this interview with me is there anything in the past you know year or so when you've been coaching DJ that 
you know, stood out to you about him? Uh, it can be on the court, off the court. Is there anything that really just kind of impressed you from his work ethic, from something maybe he did in a game? You'd mentioned, I mean, him dunking on seven footers. You mentioned him shutting down uh, or playing really good defense on the the player of the year. So I didn't know if there's anything you wanted to mention that really just kind of stood out to you from the past year on DJ. I, I just think he's just grown as a as a person. Um, I think he's he's really uh, been able to mature um, a lot uh, from when he first came, and um, I just see the growth. And I just, you know, if if, if he can continue at that pace, uh, the sky's the limit for him. I just think that's the biggest thing for me and for him is just to mature and and continue to get better at his craft and um, learn from you know some of the best. Well, Coach, it's been fantastic having you on here. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're you're very busy, so I really appreciate it. Uh, Vol fans, Coach Patterson, that that was a fantastic interview. So, Vol fans, you know, go give him some love on socials and stuff like that. And, and again, be on the lookout for DJ Jefferson. I think he was a absolute steal for Tennessee, a, a gym under the radar prospect who was starting to get more attention. And I think he's going to potentially surprise a lot of people uh, sometime down the road. But, Coach, thank you all. Thank you so much, and thank you all so much for listening, watching along. If you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, thank you all so much. Signing off for Coach Patterson, I'm Nathaniel, and this has been another episode of the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Vol Basketball Fever Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss a new episode. Subscribe to our YouTube channel for more video content and follow us on Twitter and Facebook as well. Thank you, Vol fans.